Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully you guys kicked butt at the challenge last week. This week, we have got a really, really cool guest that's coming on, and we'll do a real short uh, review of the week type thing. So as I released a podcast this morning, an hour later, I get a a message from Corey. So Corey says, got to listen to your girl dad pod. You're kicking butt, buddy. Nice. Glad to hear I'm doing most things right with my girls. Congrats. Glad you're doing well. So great to hear from you, Corey. And thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. Like the second it got released to the end, like your text message was like an hour after I released it. So in order for you to have listened to the whole thing, you had to jump on it immediately when, uh, when it got served up to you, when you're, you're following the podcast, they, they message you on your phone and that type thing. So that was really, really cool, Corey. And now let's jump over to our guest of the week. So this week we have got a guy that I was introduced to just before COVID. And the reason why I know is just before COVID is because we met in person. (laughs) So couldn't, couldn't have happened had we got introduced during COVID, at least at the beginning of it. So Our guest is Tom Twelman. Tom is the president and CEO of a really cool business called Hair Saloon, Hair Saloon for Men. So, Tom, welcome. Welcome to Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Dan, I appreciate it, man. It's good to be here. Yes, man. It's so good to have you. So, you may or may not know this, but you were on the original list of guys that I wanted to have come on the show. Yeah, you know, when when, when you sent me the invite, I actually was... was going through some memories. And, and I do remember, I think it was actually during COVID. I think you and I had a conversation and, and you, you asked me at that point to, to, or invited me kind of, you know, you know, whatever it was. And, and uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to finally get this chance to, to sit down with you. And like I said, I've been uh, watching you and, you know, watching what's, what's going on with what, what you've got going on with the podcast and everything you're doing. And it's uh, pretty fantastic. So great job on, on the journey. That's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate that a bunch. That was funny. That may have been one of those, Hey, you should come on sometime. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to. Yeah. Let's, let's reconnect and (laughs) schedule something. Yep. Yep. In about three years, we'll get something scheduled. Right. Life gets in the way, you know, that's how it works, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But we've stayed connected uh, uh, since that time. And so guys, the hair saloon, uh, for those that aren't, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with the business, there's 17 different locations. When I originally heard the concept and heard it was going to come out, I didn't know, um, the Twelman family and I didn't know the Leahy family either. All I did know was that Pat Leahy, I believe hall of fame kicker in the NFL. That's right. That's correct. And I was like, dude, Pat's behind this. And this concept sounds super cool. Kind of a bar that cuts hair and community. And like, it's for men, like hair saloon for men. Like I dig this. And back then you could get your uh, shoes, uh, shoes shined. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to go over or not go over. However, 
the concept sounds awesome. And I, if I remember right, the original location was in Baldwin, not that that matters, but I'm like, yep. seems like they did market research to put the, the original one in a place that could thrive. I'm like, yep. I'm behind this. I, I hope this thing works out. So 26 years later, 26 17 years locations. Yep. And yeah, so it's, uh, so yeah, as to kind of expand on that a little bit, you know, so it was, uh, my dad started the, the concept in 97 and, uh, you know, it was a personal frustration of his of, you know, barber shops at that time were kind of closing shop, you know, barbers were retiring, you know, coming of age of, of where they had to either pass it on to another barber, up and coming barber, or, you know, kind of close up. And and at that time, barbers weren't, you know, coming out of schools, barber schools, like, like they kind of are again today. We've seen a resurgence of that in the last few years, which has been fantastic. But, um, but at that time it was barber shops were closing. So what, what did the men that were relying on those barbershops, what were they to do? It was the industry tried to fill it with that unisex approach. And uh, I love my dad's quote. He's like, I don't know about you or me, but I'm not a unisex. I'm, I'm a man, you know, I, I need a place of my own. Um, so, yeah. So it was that personal frustration of going into one of those shops and, you know, sitting in the, in the chair in the window, just waiting his turn and not knowing, you know, what he was going to, who was going to cut his hair or what he was going to look like coming out. So he wanted to create a place that, that men felt comfortable um, you know, it was, it's a wholesome place. It's not, you know, you know, when, when you, people think of men and what they, what they love, it's, you know, it's not the sex and the, and the looks and everything. It's, it's, it's the wholesome environment and the comfortable atmosphere. So, you know, it's a warm, uh, inviting environment, as you kind of explained a little bit, um, you know, and, yes, and so 20, 26 act- years ago, I could have cared less about the wholesome environment yeah, as the concept yeah, yeah. was getting rolled out 26 right. years ago. That really didn't matter to me. Yeah. The bar atmosphere, this would be great. And yep. then now years later with children, yep. and I actually take my daughters to the hair yep. saloon with me. Yep. They're not getting their hair cut at the hair saloon. However, like, Dad, why would why would I go get your haircut with you? Right. And I was like, it's it's just kind of cool. I it doesn't take that long for me to get my haircut, but like I think you'll like it. And well, that's that's one thing that we've definitely realized. I mean, I think uh, you know, life speeds up and, and, you know, especially when you have kids, right. You know, and that's something my dad always talked about, you know, he, ra- he raised eight kids. We, I've got seven siblings. Get out of here. Um, so it, uh, he can, he can attest to that, you know, better than anybody of how fast time goes and, you know, and myself having two boys, um, you know, it, it speeds up. So I, what I love about hair saloon is, is the opportunity that, you know, dads like you with, with daughters, dads with sons, you know, we, we encourage that, that father son visit, um, you know, come in, we've got checker tables, you know, so we, we love seeing those dads sitting down with their boys and, and playing a game of checkers. And, and we've got some great uh, images of dads with their daughters kind of doing the same thing. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, we, we encourage, um, you know, all, all, all the family to come in moms, moms are some of our biggest fans, you know, moms with their boys coming in and, you know, mm. playing a game of checkers and having a good conversation. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, you know, with kids and sports and everything. I mean, really the only quiet one-on-one time that maybe we get, you know, with our kids a lot these days are driving to car, you know, driving to practice or driving to school, you know, those 10 minute car rides or 30 minute car rides. Well, hair saloon, I think can, can provide that, you know, another opportunity, you know, where it's a 20 to 30 minute visit, sit down, play a game of checkers, have a great conversation, have a little competition, a little fun, um, and then feel good coming out, you know, get, you know, getting your hair cut, chin a little higher, uh, ready to take on whatever the world, 
you know, comes at with you. So, um, so yeah, so it, it's, it's been fun. I mean, 26 years, the world's changed for sure. But, um, but I think my dad, you know, when he, like I said, when he started the concept, it was that frustration with the haircut industry, but the, the mission that we've had since nine, since day one has been, you know, the restoration of men. Um, you know, we, we have our, our, our mission statement, our credo is, you know, hair saloons filling a void in American life that has as much to do with the restoration of men as it does with the business of haircutting. So he, he saw that, you know, society and TV shows and, and, you know, magazines, you know, the content that, that was being created for men didn't do them any justice, you know, it didn't respect them, didn't, um, you know, kind of treated them like a, like a sideshow Bob kind of character, you know, or, or just a bumbling, you know, guy sitting on a couch drinking a beer. Um, but, you know, my dad believes in, you know, he's a very faithful guy. Um, he believes men are, are the leaders, you know, leaders in the family, leaders in the community. Um, so how can we, as, as a brand, as a company, uh, you know, encourage that and, and be a resource for men? Uh, I think that's something that, that we continue to try to drive every day, you know, so every, every day that we're open, every time clients walk through the door, you know, yeah, it's a haircut, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an errand that people are checking off, but it's an experience that they can come in, disconnect from the world, um, have a seat in the chair for 20 minutes. We call it a retreat. Um, have a great conversation with, with their PhD is what we call our, our service providers. Um, you know, and so we, we have them, you know, kind of disconnect. And then, you know, like I said, when they, when they're walking out the door, they're, they're they might've walked in a little, you know, the chin a little lower, their shoulders maybe kind of hunched over, but when yeah. they walk out, their chin's a little higher and uh, they feel ready to kind of take on what they, what they need to when they go out and take on their responsibilities. So. So guys that have never experienced like a, a like a fantastic haircut experience, I'll I'll recap a few uh, over my career. So uh, I was in the military, so I was in the army. I got sent overseas. It was you know a male dominated environment, and uh, specifically in in Hungary, the country of Hungary, uh, we were in a tent city. Uh, so not not tons of entertainment, not tons of distraction, like. We we're all kind of hunkered down in the same in the winter. It was super cold. And uh, when it got hot, it was super hot. Uh, but we had a haircut tent and the native Hungarian women cut our hair. We had to pay for it, but yeah. you know, like there's only one place you could get your haircut. <laughs> and after we're, after we're there a little while, one, none of us really cared about how long our hair was for the most part. We were all around dudes and whatever. But after we're there a few weeks, somebody says, hey, there's there's a haircut place, you know, here. I'm like, I don't care. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, you should care. I'm like, why? It's like, the ladies are so nice. They speak Hungarian, but they speak English. And like, they talk to you and they're interested in, you know, why we're here and how, you know, we view the country. And I'm like, no kidding. So sure enough, get, you know, get the cut and they, they, you know, get the razor out and they, they do your neck and take care of you and all that. And I was like, no way, this is cool. Uh, they threw a little talc powder on your neck and, you know, oh, yeah. use the little, the little brush. And I'm like, when I first time I went to hair salon, I'm like, dude, this is just like that. This is super, <laughs> super cool. And yeah, you do, you feel, you know, like somebody cared about you. You feel connected. You feel a little bit more confident. You feel a little bit more ready to take on whatever the next thing is. Yep. And you know, you just have just a different different outlook. 
and it's it's so cool. Uh, you know, I tried the barber experience, and yeah. uh, I was like, unfortunately, the one barber that I knew, as you mentioned, you know, it faded a lot, and yeah. he wasn't any good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at cutting hair. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's what it's all about. You, I yeah, kept going back to get haircut. a bad haircut because of the experience, but he was yeah. not—he was not good at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he knew uh, how to do one, uh, one yeah, size. Yeah, that, that's why. Well I mean, that's what I love about what we do too. It's—it's it's the human experience, right? I mean, it's one-to-one relationships, conversations. Um, you know, I, I will admit we are human, and, and mistakes happen. But but um, you know, our our you know our training around that is you know you just got to be humble enough to to admit it and try to make it right, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, that was, it's, it's, I, I think about this all the time, this kind of theme of, of connectivity that, that the barbershop, uh, has always had. And I think the opportunity that we have to continue to be that conduit, you know, that barbershops, you know, back in the days, it was, you know, Saturday morning hangouts, father, sons, you know, maybe a playboy on the, on the counter or on the, you know, on the coffee table as you wait, um, you know, it was men cutting men's hair, you know, great conversations, great relationships built, um, political, religious, you know, all those things that happen, um, you know, but over time that that's changed. But but I think in the end, um, you know, we, we still have that opportunity and as, as an industry and, and also as a, as a brand and a, and a business is how do we continue to create that connectivity with with people? And, and you know, today's world where we, we always say we're more connected than ever. But in reality, we're probably more lonely than ever. Um, yes, you know, yeah. yeah, we can talk on the phone and we can, you know, get on video chats and, you know, do all these things remotely. But um, I, I think that's what the the experience that, that you know, in my in my opinion, the, the experience that we provide is that a, that opportunity to to have some good conversations and build those long term relationships. I mean, you talk about twenty six years. We've had employees that have been with us for twenty six years. Um, that have been working behind the chair for us. That's really unheard of in our industry. For sure. Um, and and that's something that my dad, I mean, I just, I, you know, it's all all the credit to what he's built. Um, but we've also had clients that have been with us for 26 years. And that's, you know, I can't, I can't express enough gratitude uh, for that support, you know, and, and you know, so it, it's, it's pretty awesome. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, president and CEO. I mean, that's, I, I still find it weird that I'm, I have that title, but you know, my I'm dad's glad you brought kind of, that up. I wanted to get into that right yeah, now, yeah, actually. Yeah. So he, you know, he's been in the business since so you, you, know, you just got promoted. Like this, I just, just got happened. promoted. Yeah, about about officially about four months ago. But um, you know, I've been working with my dad for about ten years now, and um, you know, learned all all the ins and outs of the business. I and mean, I continue to learn, and will continue to learn as I go forward. But um, you know, my dad was a self. He was an, he was an entrepreneur. He was self-made, um, never worked for anybody in his life except for maybe right out of college and figured out he, he didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so as I mentioned, raising eight kids, you know, and, and working, you know, working his own business and, and building a brand like this. I mean, holy moly. I mean, what a, what a hero. I mean, I just, I, I look up to him, uh, you know, and I, I, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, I, and I'm honored to, to be able to step into his shoes and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to fill them, but I'm going to do my darndest. Um, but my, my role now is just going to be, how do we continue and, and how do we grow 26 more years from now? Um, so taking that second generation uh, business and, and family business um, and the responsibility on my shoulders. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, 
I've got people and family and friends and Dan, you being one of them. I mean, to, to be able to, you know, anytime I need support or, or reach out is I've got, you know, hopefully the community around me to, to have my back. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. So there's something we talked about before we jumped on and you're like, I, I, I didn't write your exact words down. So sure. this is a total paraphrase and correct me if I'm off at all, but a little intimidated to step into the title, the role, the official all the way leader. Uh, you know, the gauntlet's been passed. Uh, I, I didn't realize the seven siblings. So yeah. you kind of became the, the favored son, if you will. <laughs> Nah, we we give jo- we we joke around that 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 favorite son's in Kansas City. <laughs> that's that's the internal joke of the family. But no, we uh, you know, yeah. I mean, being the oldest son, you know, being Tom Junior, you know, so you know, kind of having the, the my dad's name. I mean, I, I, there, a lot of responsibility comes on that as well. But you know, I've got some great brothers and great family that you know, when when this officially, we had the conversations, we had those hard. I say hard conversations because it's it's honest and open, you know, that vul- vulnerability that, that we had to have a, as a family of, you know, mom and dad aren't going to be around, you know, forever. You know, he's still a young, vibrant, you know, 70, I don't want to age him, but maybe mid 70s. Um, <laughs> you know, so he's still a young guy, but, but you know, you never know, right? Today, tomorrow's right. not promised. So, so live for today, right? So, um, so yeah, so having those conversations with the siblings and everybody was, on board. Um, everybody said, Hey, anytime you need anything, you know, who we can, you know, you know where you can, can come. So that they've got my back. So, um, so yeah, so it's, I'm not on this road, my, on my own, you know, and, and I've, I've come to realize that for sure. Um, you know, and just like my dad, I think he realized that early on too, you know, you mentioned Pat Leahy and he's had a lot of great business partners, uh, along the way. Um, but now it's, it's a family business now. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to, and I say family and that's extended family, you know, that's 26 year employees uh, at the corporate level to store level, you know, franchisees that have been with us since shoot probably 20 years now, 20 plus years now. Um, so, so we've got some, we've got a great community, a great, as I said, family uh, that I can lean on, you know, whenever I need it. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it's cool. Um, you know, it's, it's, and I, I don't remember if we, we touched on this earlier, but, you know, the world's changed for sure since 97. So, you know, for me, I think the challenge is going to be, um, especially with kind of, and for me, especially thinking through the last four years is, you know, the world's changed, the society culture has changed. Um, I don't think that changes the direction that we go, but there's a lot of unease in the economy and the world right now that, you know, yeah. What, how do, how do, how do you go? How do you, how do you do, how do you, what, what, what's, what are the right decisions? You know, what do we do with all, you know, the, you know, it's just yeah, a, yeah. a lot of, and we, and we talked that, as, right? as you guys navigated, uh, navigated COVID. Yeah. Right. 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 So, you know, and you you know, one day we're talking and you're like, dude, I, I got to jump on this call. Like this one's an emergency call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is the emergency haircutting phone call? However, <laughs> during that time, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so it's just, uh, but, you know, I, I think I, it, it's for me, it's, we can only control what we can control, you know, and, and there's, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, and I think in our faith too, that there's a great C.S. Lewis quote that, that a friend shared with me during, um, during, uh, during COVID. And again, it's, it's a very long quote, but, but basically the gist of it was, you know, as, as Catholics and as Christians, 
you know, with the world around us, you know, he, he wrote it around the world, you know, around world war, uh, around the world wars and, you know, with nuclear bombs and, you know, the atomic bombs and everything that there's a lot of unease in the world. And, you know, yeah, you can, you know, when there's, you know, pandemics and sicknesses and all these things happening, but as Catholics and Christians, I think we're, we're called to live joy, joy, joyously and, and, um, love our families and, you know, eat and drink and, and be merry, you know, I mean, it's kind of that, that approach, right? So again, paraphrased it, didn't say it as well as he did, but basically there's things out of our control that, that we kind of have to let, let God be in charge. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, we might suffer a little bit, but, but we have to know that I think our, our mission and our, um, you know, our journey in life is, is we'll come out, you know, more faithful and, and better, you know, if we just, if we can have that trust and that faith in, in, in God's plan. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're talking about restoration and how things are changing again and, you know, yeah. all this. So back in 97, I don't know that there was all that uh, much information out there or men uh, doing much to help other dads step up and right. lead families and, uh, you know, become that, that pillar of, you know, the family or pillar of society or, you know, even the barbershop, you know, there just wasn't a place for guys to do things productive. The yep. bar was there. So there was a yep. place for us to go, but, uh, that, that I would argue isn't the place where we should make our hub of our life. Like right. there's a different right. place. So, uh, like for an example, uh, the dad edge podcast that's out there used to be the good dad project. Larry Hagner started that years ago. And now that's huge. And guys, yep. you know, you say, Hey man, I'm looking to be a better dad to one of your buddies. And one of your buddies like, dude, me too. I've been checking, checking out the journey of a Christian dad, or I've been checking out, uh, dad tired, or I've been, you know, all this, all these podcasts are out there these days, uh, manlyhood journey, man up, all this stuff, all this information's there. And you're like, dude, yeah, I heard that episode or, yep. you know, somebody throw you a podcast like, dude, I just listened to this one a little while ago that relates to what you're going through. Yeah. Uh, before the show, you were talking, uh, about stepping into the leadership. And it, I was thinking on my drive in uh, to record about John Maxwell and the law of the lid. So we're only going to go up as high as our uh, personal development allows us to go up. So our mindset, I was thinking about this uh, guy who used to play major league baseball. He was an outfielder. And I said, you know, what'd you think about your career and everything? He's like, looking back, I wish I had a better mental mindset. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's like, I'd have had a much longer career. I only lasted four and a half years. Not only could I have lasted longer, but but my statistics would have been better. I'd have performed better as the whole time I was there, I didn't feel like I belonged. Hmm. Looking back, I clearly belonged. I yeah. was a really good player, but mentally I had a lid and I couldn't get past the fact when I'm standing next to MVP players on my team, like I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm less than, which, you know, is true. Like there's only one MVP for each right, league, right, but, right. uh, and you know, he played with one of them. He played with one of the all time home run Kings, but he was measuring that guy's particular skill against his skill. His skill wasn't home runs. Yep. Yep. He had a lot of, a lot of other skill. And he's like that, that was it. If I could have just got the mindset right and know that I belonged at that level and that I could thrive at that level. He goes, but in the back of my mind, that voice was always telling me that you're not good enough. You're not going to last. You're going to get cut. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get hurt. Things are not going to go 
write anymore. And I'm like, how in the heck did he go that far in life, you know, through all the different levels of sport to get all the way there? And then ultimately, he feels like it was his mind that got him cut and didn't get him the next contract. It wasn't his ability. It was, yeah. it was his own limitations on himself. And uh, um, yeah. So, that, know, so it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of the things that you're talking about, and, and I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day about this, that, yeah, there, there's a ton of great content out there. And, and I, you know, for, for us as a brand, you know, we do our best to, to create our own, but also share what, you know, what, what we can, you know, Larry Hegner, I'm, I'm you know, kind of, very, I'm very familiar with, I've met him a few times too, and great, great dude and great uh, content. You know, what you've got going on too is fantastic stuff. I, I think as men, it's, it's, it's great to have these kind of communities that, you know, are starting to be built around and, and, and the content that's out there that we can, you know, kind of rely on when we need to maybe look for some help. Um, and I, that's what I, you know, what, what I've, I feel like as part of a reignition of our mission as, as a barbershop and, and as a, as a brand is, you know, we have the opportunity to not only do that, you know, virtually and, and through all the other content creation platforms that are out there, but, you know, we've got an opportunity every month when these guys come in for a haircut and, and in person, you know, to make an impact as well. Right. So, so I think that for me, that's, that's where my sights are right now is, is kind of looking forward to, building that vision of, of how we do that. But, um, but in reality, you know, I was talking, like I said, I was talking to a friend of mine about this too, that a lot of this leadership content that you're seeing out there, there's such a faith component to it. You know, you can almost align everything that's talked about in some of those circles with what the Bible says, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, and, you know I, I'm not an expert on the Bible, nor will I be able to point out a verse that, that where that, where that, you know, is true. But, but the, 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 the values, the virtues, the, you know, the skill sets, all of those things that, that, I mean, that's what, you know, our Lord, Lord and Savior has taught us, right. In that book and, and God's word. So I, I think, I think that's great, you know, and I think, you know, maybe our job is, you know, as Catholics and as Christians is how do we, how do we make that more evident yeah, you know, yeah. and, and be more confident and, and uh, you know, kind of putting our feet in the ground and standing up and, and kind of being the voice especially in today's world and culture, um, you got to stand up for what's right. And, you know, yeah, it's going to, like I said, you know, there's going to be suffering and maybe some you know, personal, you know, things that you have some consequences that you're going to have to deal with at that point. But I think in the end, you know, our job here on earth isn't to make people happy here on earth. It's to, you know, it's looking up and trying to get into the, the heavenly gates, you know? So, um, and as, as fathers and dads, it's, you know, my my dad, um, you know, I don't know if he stole it from somewhere, but he always said the one thing that you can take from earth are your kids, you know, to heaven, right? So um, you can't take anything else. So um, so he, he's done a great job of, you know, we, you know, like I said, being an entrepreneur, self made. You know, we all were went to Catholic schools, Catholic private uh, high schools. We all went to, you know, we're all college graduates. I mean, just the, the amount of work that he put into that, taking us to church every Sunday um, doing his darndest to, to show us the way, um, you know, I, I think, you know, and then, and then we've also had, I mean, I've, like I said, I've got five sisters, so, you know, four, five brother-in-laws that, um, we had two, maybe three of them convert, you know, during their, before they got married. So <laughs> my dad's, you know, he's increasing numbers up there. So, That's you know, awesome. you know, That's so, awesome. so I think, you know, 
not, not, not only on earth has he been an accomplished guy and he'll be the most humble guy and probably will say, you know, he wishes he could have done better. Like, like you were saying about the, the pro ball player, but I think in the end, you got to realize that it's bigger than that, you know? So yeah, we, we might have some earthly rewards here, but in the end, I think we got to remember that it's, it's, we're just here for a short period of time. You know, we're I got at, challenged a while back with, this is years and years ago, but yep. if, if my mission is to get to heaven and, you know, help those, especially those closest to me get there yep. and spread the word the best I can. What's my system? You know, I've got the right. business system that's doing well, but then what am I doing over here? And yep. then I got challenged to do the podcast and on the podcast, I like, let me do a little bit of research, see what else is out there. I could find two podcasts dedicated to helping guys be better Christian dads Two. Yeah. Yeah. That was just three years ago Two. Yep. There's more now. But that was all I could find when I did a Google search. And I had to look and look and look. And yep. I'm like, this is this is disappointing. This is disappointing. Yep. And uh, yeah, Von Kohler connected us. He wrote the book Sacred Drive. He's been on the, the show before. And I love the way he simply explains, um, you know, there's excellence that we're called to be. So mm-hmm. we're called to step into our gifts that God gave us and to do our best. So we got to work like it depends all on us. And then we got to pray like it all depends on God. Yeah. And then we put the two together in a humble way and strive for excellence. And people come to us and see us be in the light, see us having that joy. And then, you know, it ripples out from there. So we don't all have to be podcasters. We don't all have to be book authors. We don't all have to learn a community, own a community center uh, that happens to cut hair and spreads the good news. However, um, we all have our unique things. I was meeting with a uh, mechanic uh, shop owner the other day, and he says, "I'm never going to get behind a microphone because I just, you know, never humbly lead." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He says, "I just humbly lead, you know, at my workplace, and then I show up at church, and when the yeah. pastor says something that's uh, maybe a little watered down, that's what my job is. My yeah. job is to." pull them aside or have lunch with them and say, Hey, by the way, I was a little weak sauce, brother. Yeah. 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 We talk about that. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's why as men, we got to go to church. We got to go to church. So if they're yeah. throwing some weak sauce out there or something that, uh, you know, you disagree with, you know, go back to the Bible. Is this the Bible way or yeah. not the Bible way? Well, hey, hey, like, pastor, like help, help me understand what you're doing there. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's having those conversations. Are we yeah. preaching to the women? Are we preaching to the men? Are we preaching to the the unisex? Right, right, right. And we've got men and women in the pews. Like, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So I, I, you know, what you're exactly talking about. I mean, I think you know, there's a quote again. I'll paraphrase Mother Teresa, but you know, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Um, I mean, that that can't be any more. And I love I love her other one. If you can't help a hundred, help one. Yeah. Start with yeah. the one closest to you. Right. So, so, you know, speaking of the mechanic, I mean, just doing what he does day in and day out and, you know, at work, but also, you know, at home is the, the ripple effects that that can have on, on his kids and his employees and then their employees and their families. I mean, it's, that's where I kind of look at, you know, what we're doing and, you know, our mission and and really kind of diving into the, you know, if we can help one man that comes into our saloon or, or, you know, if I can humbly lead one employee, you know, to, to a better decision, um, you know, it, it's it, the, the, the multiple, the, the effect of that, the factors of that is just exponential. 
you know, you fix, you help fix that one man. He goes home and treats his family a little better. He goes to work and treats his employees or his team a little better, his coworkers a little better. You know, it just, it, you fix a man, you fix a neighborhood, you fix a community, you fix the world, right? So mm-hmm. we might not be a part of that, but, you know, I, I think just having that, like we were talking about earlier, you know, we, we can only control what we can control. So um, how can we live a better life, be an example to others, um, you know, loving our neighbors as we would ourselves, you know, those, those golden, the golden rule, right? So um, I think those are all things that simply we can do and, you know, Vaughn Kohler, you mentioned him. I mean, Andy Frasilla, I think, you know, a good business partner of his, you know, a, a guy that I listen to quite a bit as well. You know, I think he talks about, you know, the the greatest or, or personal excellence is, is the most honorable rebellion or, or uh, I forget exactly the term, but but it's funny because one of our terms is honorable rebellion among men, you know, and the key word being honorable, you know, it, it's not about, you know, being a rebel and causing a ruckus and causing chaos, you know, it's about, you know, taking the responsibilities that you have in life and, and living them and, and, and achieving them or, or attacking them to the fullest of your ability, you know, so, um, and doing it with honor, you know, doing it with some humble, you know, some humbleness too. So, I mean, I, I think it's all, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, it's a lot of things that we're hearing as men and content and everything that's out there today. I really feel there's a, there's that faith little tangent component in there that, um, Hopefully it maybe brings more men to the faith, you know, in, in the end. So, so you talk about control what we can control. Yeah. Often in the podcast, I talk about how things we learn at work, we can use at home. Things we learn yep. at home, we can use at work. Things we learn uh, out with our buddies, wherever we are, we can bring back to our kids. Mm-hmm. So the things we learn when we think about all the different areas of life where we can apply them, marriage would be an area. Control what we can control. Right. Can we control our wives? Absolutely not. Can we control our thoughts about our wives? Absolutely so. Yep. Um, so, so here's a quick little funny thing. We don't need to stay here, but we'll we'll come back. But uh, <laughs> so a question I saw today: there was an influencer out there talking, happens to be Christian, and he says, "Here's a key question you've got to answer, men: <laughs> Is your wife ugly?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Which is which is hilarious that this guy in his yeah. situation in life would throw this out to his audience, but it's a thought that I've had actually quite a bit is, yeah. you know, occasionally I see a buddy's wife and I'm like, man, she is not my type. <laughs> I won't use the word ugly, but I'll, not, not my yeah. type. Like Good wordsmith in there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think to myself, I, I wonder you know, what, yeah. how he, how he actually views her. Like if I say, yeah. Hey, what do you think, you know, of your wife's, you know, beauty or looks or whatever, that's not a question I normally would ask, but right. like, I wonder what his response would be. You know, we put our mask up and we say whatever we say, but right. the, this guy's point, which is a point that I've not brought up on the podcast before is something. And it's something I want to talk about was we can control our thoughts and yeah. only can we can control our thoughts. In First Corinthians, it talks about pouring into our wife and yep. building her confidence, and it is it that is something we can control. That is our responsibility in order to grow in love with our wife. Our thoughts yep. need to grow in love with our wife, so we've got to control those thoughts. So yep. <laughs> maybe you should answer that question: Is your wife ugly? <laughs> oh heck, no! She's she's my. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't asking you to answer it, but that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that you... yeah, no, so, I'm. I'm, I'm... 
So I'm you're answering, there, so go. You know, and, and, you know, my, my wife, and, and, and I'll even talk about my mom too. I mean, us men, ha- I, I think, can realize that I think behind every successful guy is a fantastic woman, you know? And, and so, you know, my wife is my rock, you know? And, and so we, we celebrated our 20th anniversary last year. You know, so we've been married for 20 years, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I, I don't know where I'd be without her. Um, you know, she's, you know, and I'll get, I'll get a little vulnerable right now. I mean, so, you know, in COVID, um, uh, when was it? It was about two years ago. So it was after all the COVID kind of came and, and went and things were kind of opening back up. She got, she got really sick and, and was in the hospital for uh, about a month, right over Christmas. Wow. Um, she, well, she, she was sick for about a month. She was in the hospital for about a week, but um, almost went into the ICU. I mean, it was pretty, you know, doctors have told her, like, they're surprised she came out of it. Um, man, my, my faith was, was shaken. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I was home with the boys, you know, over the Christmas holidays, of course, as, as a, you know, Catholic, it's one of the, the best, you know, holidays, not only as a family and, and being able to spend it with family, but, um, you know, not to have her at home on Christmas day was, was, was tough. Um, but I mean, I, I, you know, I remember laying in bed praying, you know, you know, God, please, you know, bring her home. And, um, it was when, when she came home, it was, you know, it changed everything. Right. You know, I mean, it just, it opened my eyes that, that, you know, we, we only have, like I said, so many, so many days here on earth that they can be taken from us pretty quickly. And especially our loved ones that, um, you know, you got to live every day like it's your last. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it, like I said, I mean, I, 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 I took, you know, and I, like I said, laying in, laying in bed, praying and, you know, if, if you, you know, if you just bring her home and, you know, get us through this, you know, my, my, I'm, I'm everything's, I'm, I'm, everything's on you now, you know, I'm, I'm putting everything in your hands now, God. So that's kind of where, um, I don't know. I, I feel like my perspective changed for sure. I mean, my faith, my faith journey has been, you know, I've been a Catholic all my life, but I think those, uh, those, you know, the, the seven days were, were tough, but um, you know, it's just, I, I think that that's a moment in time that I'm going to look, that I look back and I'm just like, holy moly, like he's got his hands in my, in my life. So how do I, you know, go forward and praise him and everything I do. So. When you look internally during that time frame. What was the worst moment? What were your like worst thoughts during that time? It was, how am I going to do this without her? <laughs> you know, raising kids and, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I've, I've had friends that have gone through divorces and, you know, and, and of course I've had, you know, loved ones that have passed away. And, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd be able to, it would have been a challenge. It would have been, I mean, I just couldn't imagine life without her, you know? So, I mean, that was the, the hardest part. Um, and like I said, just having those days of, especially on a, around Christmas and stuff and not having her around the house was, you know, and, and at home it was, was, was tough. Right. So, um, you know, and, and then I would, I would, you know, I'd see my boys and they, you know, they, they kind of knew what was going on, but I don't think they knew the severity of it. You know, they're at, at that time, they were 14, 15 years old and, and, you know, nine or 10 years old. Um, so they were aware, but they, I don't think they were fully aware. And so I was just like watching them open presents or, you know, watching them just kind of in the house, you know, as I was kind of trying to keep the household together um, was kind of like, I, I, I don't know how, what am I going to do about them? Like, I mean, just, I couldn't imagine being in their shoes too. Right. So it's um, so, yeah, so that, that was a time that was, you know, 
it was dark, but at the same time, it was eye-opening, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think COVID for a lot of us has been that way, you know, that, you know, yeah, it was, you know, a, a, a weird time and things shut down and, you know, we couldn't go to schools, we couldn't go to work, you know, took a lot, a lot of stuff away from a life perspective, but being at home with the family and friends and kind of not having sports and everything else to do, I think it's, it was a, in my opinion, a little blessing in disguise um, as well. But, but, you know, you know, like, like I said, just having her, having her away from the house, you know, and, and, you know, talking about the wives and stuff. And I just, I think women are so important to us and, you know, as husbands, it's our job to, to, like you said, build them up and, um, you know, make sure there's their, their self-confidence is as high as it can be. Um, you know, we, we've got to support them and because I think they support us more than we realize most of the time, you know, they're, you know, my wife works, you know, she's part-time and stuff, but you know, she's home, you know, kids are home from school. She's home, you know, cooking dinner. I come home and, you know, d- dinner's either being prepared or on the table. I mean, it's just, they it do better be, it better be. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, I do joke about that sometimes, but um, no, I, we, I joke we about it as well. We just had that the other day. My wife said something about dinner and, and I, yeah. you know, just went over to put my hand on her shoulder, got close to her. I says, sweetie, honey, when have I ever, when was the, I said, when was the last time that I said, you know, where's the dinner or the quality of the meal wasn't great. I said, yeah. could you, could you tell me? And she goes, I know, I know you, you never, you never say that. You never do that. Um, but I still feel guilty. I still feel guilty that, yeah. you know, I didn't knock it out of the park tonight or I haven't right. got it ready yet or yeah. whatever. And <laughs> like one, it's not all your responsibility, yeah, yeah. you know, we, you know, all that stuff, but yeah, our wives have all this burden for all this unspoken expectations that they've got on themselves. So it's great to right. draw that out of them so yeah. that you can be more aware and be more helpful or, you know, take care of some things from time yeah. to time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I fall just as much as I, as I don't, but um, probably more often than I, than I don't, but not recognizing that and appreciating that enough and verbalizing that enough. You know, I think I haven't read the book, you know, the seven love languages and stuff, but yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think my, my wife's, you know, she's a, she's one that likes the verbal affirmation and, and. So uh, we had a marriage, uh, marriage counselor on a Christian marriage counselor and he's Gottman trained uh, John yep. Gottman. And he talked about, it's either five or seven compliments to a negative interaction that you've got yep. to have around your spouse, man right. or woman. So if you have reminders, if you track, if you pay attention to, and you look for ways to compliment uh, specifically and like, how'd I do yesterday? Huh? Goose egg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, look, look for those opportunities to let your wife know that, that you care about her and five or seven a day is a lot. Yeah. Like that's a, that feels like yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. But once you're doing two, three, four, and you get consistent to that, you'll realize yeah. that it's a, a lot, lot easier. Yeah. You kind mentioned- of on that too, just real quick. I mean, something that I've kind of found, I mean, you're talking about five to seven could be a lot, but it could be as simple as a, you know, a quick text message during the day, right? It doesn't Absolutely. have to be in person. It doesn't have to be verbal, like, you know, words, you know, talking, you know, it, it, it can be the little moments like that, that you can find that, you know, can be a success that can usually go a little longer, further than, than you expect. You know I mean? I think just, 
letting them know that you're thinking about them during the course of a day where you're, you know, either at work or, you know, at a soccer game and, you know, they're off doing something else. I mean, it's just, I, I think that's all they, that's, sometimes that's all they want to know is that. So here's a, here's an Android quick tip for you guys with Android. I don't know that Apple does this. Yeah. I switched recently. So, but in my old Android phone, I had a scheduled text message and I'd schedule a, multiple text messages out oh, in the future. And after maybe a year, year and a half of this, I um, am riding in the Locked car you. with my wife. <laughs> you, you do what? I'm riding in the car with my wife uh, and she gets a text message for me. Uh, and when I say riding, I mean driving. So I'm yeah, driving. Yeah. She's passenger. She gets a text message for me, looks at her phone, looks at me, looks back at her phone, looks at me. And she goes, Hey, um, you got caught about. <laughs> Do you That's schedule text messages to me? Yeah. Yes. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> For how long? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not blah, blah, blah. I said, no, no, no. The thought behind it was intentional. Yeah. Right. Right. For me to have been this intentional about it for this, like the method yeah. isn't, you know, the, granted, is it a hack? Is it a short? Is it all? Yes. However, I didn't want there to go a day that you didn't hear me tell you I love you and we're away from each other for a lot of time. Yeah. So I try to schedule these text messages at a time where we're normally away from each other. Yeah. And therefore, you knew I was thinking of you. And when you replied to that text, if I wasn't thinking about you, I certainly was when you replied. Like, yeah, yeah. there's there's <laughs> a system to this. So she she laughed and she's like, okay, well, that that is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I switch phones and I don't know how to do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know if Apple, I don't know. I've got an iPhone too. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with the scheduled text uh, function. Yeah, it was, it's the the one feature that I missed from from <laughs> Android uh, between the two. Yeah. So, uh, so good. We answered the question: Is your wife ugly? She's beautiful, so that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh! You talked also uh, a little bit about it. Made me think about: um, Do we give big speeches or do we go deep? Do we focus on lots of people or do we focus on a few? Uh, before we started this, you you said something um, uh, about, uh, and and during the podcast, you also talked about um, reaching out to people close to you and uh, yeah. you're responsible for helping your kids get to heaven. You talked about um, the individual operators at your different locations. And before we were recording, you talked about Jesus and he had 12 guys that he poured into. Yeah. And of those 12, he had three that he really poured into. Right. So think, think through who those people are in your life, whether it's the hundreds or the thousands, you know, your social media stuff, or you think through your closer relationships that you have and who are you intentionally influencing? Who are you spending intentional time with, intentional thought with? Uh, mm-hmm. Who are the ones that you're asking questions of that you're holding accountable? Uh, that song Dear Younger Me. I don't know if you've heard that one or not. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to. I'd yeah, have to yeah. It's a yeah. super cool song, but it talks yeah. about, you know, I'm stepping into, you know, some kids to have a talk with them. I've got some time with them. Mm-hmm. Do I just give them a big speech? And if so, what do I talk about? Or do I back up and go deep with them? Yeah. And get to know them on their side and what they're going through and go that that direction with them. And mm-hmm. You know, the song, Dear Younger Me, if I knew then what I know now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 
yeah, reflecting back, man, man, my life would be different if I yeah. knew then. I was like, you know, it's funny. You I know that. now. I was, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. It's a daily rosary podcast. It's actually a guy out of Kansas City, Missouri. It's, uh, and I think it's, I, I forget the name of it, and I'll, I can share it with you, Dan, later. But anyway, um, his reflection uh, a few days ago was, you know, talking about, you know, this this mindset you were talking about the the major league ball player right yeah. that this mindset of you know i wish i would have or i should have done this or i you know i wish you know or i should have i wish this person would have you know responded this way in a conversation you know kind of these these should haves that are fantasy worlds right you know it, it's but the the best line that he used in that meditation was your you know all your your shit you're shitting all over yourself mhm Yes. So he talks about a story where he was saying this to a priest during during confession, and the priest that was his the priest's response to him was, "You're shooting all over yourself." Don't you know? So so it's th- this 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 expectation that we have of living kind of in the past or, or reflecting and thinking about, oh, I could have done this better, I should have done this better, or she or he could have done this better. Um, it, it's all fantasy expectations, right? Because it. it that's not how it was. It wasn't real. So you can't control that. Right. So I, I think to the point of, you know, controlling only what you can control is, you know, things are going to happen. But I, I think, I think most importantly, it's what's our response to those things and, and how can we continue to improve on those? Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, to, to the point about, you know, you know, but it goes back to the end of the mother Teresa quote and everything from earlier, you know, that I, I, I think about, you know, Jesus and his apostles and disciples and and his 12, you know, his guides, his crew that he hung around with and traveled, you know, 10 miles and, you know, in either direction. Yeah. His, you know, Jesus, when he came on earth for 33 years, didn't go to different continents. He didn't go all across the world with his message. He, his mission for 33 years was to pour into these guys that surrounded him uh, and then let them do the work, you know, but, but really kind of just, he did what he could in his world and his control. And then, you know, and look where we are today with, with what he, he started then. So I, I think we can take a little component from that as well and think who, who are the, who's, who's the crew that we can pour into, you know, as men and, and help hold accountable, like you said, or, or even help have them help us be accountable and, and, you know, point out when we're, you know, in the wrong or, or, not, or not staying on the, on the straight and narrow. Um, you know, I think, you know, and that's where church and, and, you know, community, uh, family can, can be the, the foundation, you know, it, it's, you know, I've got a Saturday morning prayer group that I meet with, you know, it's like 10 or 11 guys and yeah, my, you know, five guys might show up one week, but then, you know, we might have 11 the next week, you know, I mean, just depending on responsibilities, but we've been doing it for about a year and a half kind of right out of COVID and, and, and maybe even a little bit before then, but, um, you know, those guys have, you know, the relationships that we've built, uh, together, um, you know, and being able to have great conversations, you know, we'll do a daily reading and reflect on it. But then it's, you know, as dads and husbands, how are we, you know, what's going on in our lives and, and how do we, you know, hold each other accountable to the roles and responsibilities that we have. So I think that's, you know, that's that's what's great about, you know, having the community of the church around us and, and the neighborhoods and, you know, is I think kind of going back to kind of the smaller, you know, environment of, you know, having that key group of, of men that can hold us accountable. So, yeah, control what you can control, um, your thoughts, your actions, your words. So, yeah. things along the lines of, um, I coach a couple softball teams and 
girl's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up there and, and I'm not going to strike out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. Right. You know, uh, the best player on the team, she says, coach, I'm going to strike out this time. <laughs> She's getting ready to walk up to bat. Yeah. And I said, sweetie, I believe in you. You are going to strike out. <laughs> no, coach. No, you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to say that. And she stops and she goes, oh, my gosh, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to think that. I've got to change my thoughts. And I was yeah, like, yeah. right on, girl. Thanks for listening to my coaching. And she's like, I can control what I think. I'm going to swing at strikes and I'm going to smash the ball. That's what I'm going to do up at, up, up at bat. Yep. Sure enough, she hit a home run. but. Yeah. It was control what we can control. So when our thoughts go to places such as how in the world, God, am I in my own power going to run this family without my wife? Yeah. How in the heck am I going to be able to do this? Heck of a question. Yeah. But it sends you into a, you know, a black hole. Yeah. Cause that wasn't reality. Right. I mean, it, it's so, yeah, it's, it's this, you know, when we're always kind of thinking forward or thinking backwards, it's, those things you can't control, you know, you can only sit, you know, right now, the moments we're in right now, it's is what we can. So, um, I, you know, having said that though, I do think, you know, thinking backwards and, you know, I, I always, you know, when I, when I talk to the team members or, or even, you know, my sons, when I, you know, when mistakes happen is mistakes are going to happen, you know, you got, you got to accept that. The question is, are you going to learn from them and, and not repeat? Mm-hmm. Them? You know, so I think I, I look at mistakes as lessons learned, you know, in, in my mind. So um, I think that's that's in my, you know, same thing, right? It's what's that thought, you know, in your head in terms of, you know, it's not, oh, man, I can't believe I made that mistake or, you know, I should have done this or I should have done that or she or he could have done this and that wouldn't have happened. I mean, again, all fantasy. Yes. Know, so, yeah. Um, I think it's just. Self-reflection, I think you, you had mentioned, I think earlier in the podcast, you know, kind of that, um, you know, doing kind of a daily, uh, 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 you know, reflection of kind yeah. of how the day went and what, you know, what, what mistakes did you make? What didn't you do? What did you do? You know, all those things that, that I think it, it's good to do those uh, almost every night of, of kind of reflecting back and, and how your life was and, you know, how, 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 how involved was Jesus and God and, in, in those decisions, yes. you know, did you lean on him to, to, you know, maybe reflect on what the best approach was? Um, I think those are all things that we can do. I also had a spot where my wife almost died. Yeah. My second daughter was being born and all of a sudden in the delivery room, mm-hmm. the nurses start freaking out. The doctor, who's a friend of mine, starts yeah. freaking out. We were just shoulder to shoulder joking and laughing together. Yeah. And everybody got silent. And then out of nowhere, I hear, get the dad out of here. Yeah. Like it wasn't because they needed me out because I was causing problems. It was because they just needed me out. They needed yeah. to do emergency surgery and save my wife's life. And as soon as that happened, you know, I was gone. Yeah. You know, they took the baby out of my arms, took my daughter Emmy out of my arms. And, you know, I, I just left. I was gone. I tried to figure out where our original room was in this whole hospital. I didn't really care where it was. Didn't know that yeah. I needed to know. I figured they'd take me back there, but they didn't. Yeah. And hours later, the doctor catches up with me and walks in the room and I'm down on my you know, hands and knees at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. And he yeah. goes, Hey, uh, where have you been? I say, Hey doc, I've been right here. This is when you say right here, do you mean right here? Like in that position? 
I said, yeah, I was looking all over the place for a cross and I couldn't find one. Yeah. And he says, yeah, in this hospital, there actually aren't any crosses. And he says, so what'd you do? I said, well, I heard get the dad out of here. So I'm and one, I don't know anything about medicine or medical or blah, blah, blah. So I can't control that. Yeah. I can only get in the way. So, you know, I did all I could do. I found a place that I could be alone and I could pray. I said, that's something I can control. That is something I can do. That is the only solution I could come up with to help. Yeah. And I didn't want to wake anybody up at four o'clock in the morning by calling everybody. Right. But, you know, I could call call on Jesus, call on God and say, Hey, I could, I could use some help here. Yeah. Yeah. And the tears that you were shedding earlier, I was absolutely shedding them in that moment. And I'm sure, um, you know, the thought crept in that, Oh my gosh, how am I going to raise a newborn baby by myself? Yeah. yeah. But I was also comforted. Like that's that thought isn't productive right now. Let's get right back to praying. And, um, so yeah, the doctor doctor came in and we talked for a bit and he says, I've never seen anybody do this. I've never seen a husband do that. Like, are you, are you for real? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. And, it, and the doctor's Christian also, but he's like, I've just never seen this level of faith or this level of, you know, belief or yeah. I'm like, this isn't for you. Again, this was yeah. the only thing I could come up with to be helpful in the situation. And, um, you know, God throws right. things to yeah. us so that we can do something with it. You know, you mentioned your 16 year old got his license. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I pray a little bit more. Yeah, these days. Yeah, a lot more craft, but I was like, no, absolutely. You pray a whole heck of a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, as, as a dad, as a business owner, you know, all, all those things as a, you know, all the roles that we fill as a coach, right. There's moments where you're going to feel helpless and, and hopeless too. Right. And we were you know, oh, absolutely. You were talking about, and, you know, as I shared earlier, I mean, it's, I think at that moment is, you know, the only thing you can do is sometimes just bow your head and, you know, have a conversation, have a real conversation. And I think that's all, all, all he wants out of us really, to be honest, is just those moments where you just have a conversation with him. Yeah. It's, you know, a a good friend of mine who's a priest, you know, having, you know, having a lot of conversations with him over, over the years is that's, that's all, you know, having that, you know, he's, he's a friend, friendship. You know, how, how would you talk to a, a buddy? You know, that's yeah, yeah, really all all he's looking for, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what he wants out of us. So the moments that we need, we need that or, or want to have that is, is something I think we got to recognize. And there's, it's a lot more, a lot more times during the day, I think, than we all realize. Right. So, um, and like I said, I'm, I'm at fault many, many times. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think we, th- those moments when those, you know, times happen or, you know, things happen throughout the day that you just don't know where to turn. I mean, that's, that's where I, that's where I find myself turning most of the time. So. So uh, we always close the podcast out with any final thoughts that you've got. I'll say a short story so you can come up with something. Sure. And uh, also if you've got a challenge that you can issue the guys, something they can do week to week, something that'll help them become better dads, better leaders, better Christians, better whatever, but something that'll help them improve who they are as a person. Uh, I'd love for you to throw something out. If you don't have something, I'll come up with something. So while you're thinking, here's the funny story you made me think of. So you talked about having a priest buddy that you can talk to and get some counsel from. So same thing with a pastor or a respected guy at at your church or uh, just a respected Christian guy that, that holds true. So there's a guy named Mark Wahlberg. 
You guys may have heard of him before. Uh, back in the day, he was also known as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg runs every movie script that he's considering by his priest. And a funny one that he turned down because his priest told him to turn it down. I kid you not. Brokeback Mountain. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So Marky Mark was originally cast to be in Brokeback Mountain, and he turned it down. That's funny. I'm surprised the priest approved Ted. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but I don't think that's uh, – I think that, that stuffed animal says some crude stuff in that movie. That stuffed animal does. That stuffed yeah, animal but maybe, does. Maybe because Mark, Marky Mark didn't have to say any of those lines. Maybe that's why the priest kind of approved it. But Yeah, apparently that's, that, that – I saw that movie, and I don't remember the stuffed animal ever ever laying with another male stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to kind of think through, you know, your question, you know, earlier, I mean, to me, um, you know, kind of a theme that, that for the last couple of years, as I shared, you know, with my wife, you know, when, when she was sick and stuff is, I I think as men, you know, and you hear this a lot too, as men are, are kind of lone wolves sometimes, right. That, they, they want to do it on their own, take on the, the entire world or the responsibility on their own without, you know, I don't need anybody else to, you know, be, be a part of, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a bit of a stereotype, but I, I also think I, and then I would challenge, you know, every, every man out there to, to, you know, lean into a group, find, find a key group of, you know, it could be one or two guys. It could be six or seven, but, you know, find, find that, that, that core group of guys that, you know, you can rely on that. Not only can you, can you go to them when you need support or you need help or, or need assistance, but guys that that'll hold you accountable when maybe you're, you're getting off, 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 off the path, you know? And, um, you know, and I think that that's something, especially as, as dads that I think for us to, to just be that example for our kids, um, you know, Cause as a dad, you feel like sometimes it's always on you, but um, there's plenty of resources out there, but also you've got a partner in crime typically in your wife. Right. So um, lean into that wife, you know, as much as you need to in support of, of raising your boys and kids. Um, but also, you know, like I said, just find, finding a core group of guys to, to challenge you and keep you challenged. Um, I, I think, I think, I think is, is an important piece of living in a successful life, you know, and, and, um, so yeah, that, that would be my, uh, that's a, that's a great challenge. So yeah. to sum that challenge up guys, he mentioned, find a guy or a couple guys or a group. So you may, might not be able to accomplish that in one week. You yeah. literally might not be able to accomplish that. What you can accomplish, what you can control is, did you ask around? Yeah. Did you start, did you start the process? So yeah. if you thought, where am I going to find that great starting point could be a defeating starting point. But the small step is to ask somebody a question. Mm-hmm. Hey, who do you guys talk to? Who do you talk to? Hey, what groups do you hang around? Who helps you become better? And then for the guys that are like, I don't need to do that one. I'm good. Perfect. I'm glad you're that guy. And I don't mean that in a, a bad way. Like, it's great that you've got somebody around or a group surrounding you. Like, Tom doesn't need to accept that challenge. He's like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I got this Saturday group, like five to 11 guys show up every week. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're good. So the challenge I'd throw back to Tom is who, who else can he include? Who yep. can he stick his hand out to and give a hand up to? So I would be in that same category. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, man, I, I'm good. 
I've got some guys and I've got a group and I'm good. I got this podcast. I got the community. I'm good. Well, who else can I give a hand up to and lift them out from wherever they are and say, hey, uh, just uh, just a couple of days ago, I had a guy invited some people over. Corey Carlson was over at my house and I didn't know the guy very well, but I thought it seems like he could use a friend. And out of that group, he go, he kept looking at his watch like relentlessly. And I think he realized that it was about time for this little gathering to be over. And he goes, guys, not to bring this party down, but my, uh, my ex-wife lost all contact through the courts with my daughter. And that was three weeks ago. And two weeks ago, my daughter tried to commit suicide because she was so depressed. She was grieving from losing the relationship with her mom. Her mom has major issues, so there's absolute reason why they should be separated. But he hadn't told people about that. He he just needed to get it off his chest, and it was a safe space where he could talk. And since that time, I've connected him to a few guys in a group, and he's like really excited about life and not fearful anymore and making some really, really good steps for himself and for his daughter. But who out there could you give a hand up to? So I love the challenge. That is a fantastic challenge. I, yeah. and, uh, and I love what you said about breaking it down to, to, you know, reaching out to a guy, maybe you haven't talked to in a while, right? A good friend from college or high school or whatever, whatever, you know, season that you are in life is, you know, who's, who's a guy that I maybe had a relationship with that I haven't talked to in a while. Maybe, maybe just a quick text of, Hey Jim, been thinking about you, you know, what's new or, you know, let's grab lunch, yeah. let's grab a drink, you know, what, whatever it is. I mean, I think even just those little reach outs like that, just if somebody, you know, somebody that needs to know that you're thinking about them or knows that you're thinking about them, I think that can, that can, you know, do a lot for somebody. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, like, like you said, breaking it down to a, a weekly challenge or a challenge for the week, I think who are the guys in your life that maybe you, you haven't talked to in a while that you can reconnect with and maybe start a conversation, a conversation with. So. Yep, absolutely. Great. And yep. and if you need a haircut, maybe your buddy needs a haircut. Maybe maybe your local barbershop has a cool community thing and maybe serve some beers where you could hang out together, play some checkers, swap some stories, and uh, and get your ears lowered. That's right. That's right. So thankfully here in the St. Louis area, we've got the Hair Saloon for Men, which is exactly that kind of place. But hopefully you've got a place where you guys can connect as well with your buddies and be a proactive environment that uh, you know allows you to... Get that stuff off your chest and be a good listener for other guys that that need uh, need that community around. So, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. It's been years in the making, and we yep. finally finally no, got glad, this man. one no, in. And, uh, kind of a, a perfect timing for it. So, thank you again, and uh, reminded me I, I need my haircut. I'll be down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It looks good to me from here. So, all good. I'll let the professionals handle that, though. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dan. All right, guys. Thanks for listening again this week. Look forward to you guys checking out next week's episode and share with your buddies. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself. 
be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. Hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others, join us inside of the journey of a Christian dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others, have your buddies join, have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith grow as spiritual leaders of their family as we engage in our journey and be intentional with it we can help others grow theirs as well we thank you again for listening we thank you for all your reviews look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show so dear god thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you in your name we pray amen have fun guys